This is brought to you by the NWO. Hello, world. This is Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I've played Professor Charles Xavier on the X-Men films. Anyways, I just want to say hello to everyone, and thank you so much. This is Wrestling Geeks Alliance with my friend, Dane Alves. Wow, that was amazing. I just got my mic hijacked by Patrick Stewart, and he's gone. He was, for some reason, without clothing. I don't know why. Anyways, how's it going, everyone out there? This is another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, where weekly, Wednesday, 7 p.m. EST, we break down the news and basically everything that happened with professional wrestling from the week before. We are on the, well, I mean, it's, it's a shake-up, if you will. You can't call it a draft. But we are on the, the chill kind of downhill process now after what was WrestleMania weekend. So I'm kind of happy about that to an extent. Still had a good time. Either way, I'm of course joined by my co-host, the wonderful Christopher Brother Ray Patton. How are you doing, sir? I am doing wonderful, man. Excited to talk about this uh, shakeup and, of course, all the resets of storylines that we just got this week. So looking forward to getting the show started. How about you, man? How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. You know, I'm not at work. You know, I'm I'm at home relaxing, and I get to talk about wrestling with one of my dearest friends. So, pretty good stuff, man. Uh, speaking of which, I guess we should get started with some of the news. Uh, first, I want to say uh, to start off, um, uh, one of my uh, a favorite wrestler of mine unfortunately found out that he's diagnosed with early Alzheimer's. And that's Vampiro. So I wanted to just do a shout out to Vampiro and just say that I'm thinking of him. And um, that's some unfortunate news. I know he's the head booker over at AAA. And um, I've enjoyed him as one of the commentators for Lucha Underground. So just thinking of him when I found out about that. So just wanted to share that. Uh, if you guys want to check out some really great Vampiro stuff, I would uh, actually, you're probably going to have to like dig for some older AAA stuff, but there's some really good matches including a ridiculous one with sting where he threw a fake sting off of a giant uh platform uh at a wcw pay-per-view one of the only highlights of that era uh was him probably anyways let's get to our actual um you know articles and and, and notes and just the, the news if you will uh we didn't really get to talk about it last week but um let's talk about sasha banks so sasha banks um there has been reports uh, that Sasha was not happy with what happened at WrestleMania, that she put in to try to get released at WrestleMania, apparently. Uh, her and Bailey apparently were blindsided by the fact that they were going to lose uh, the night of. This is all, like I said, uh, suggested by different outlets. So I'm not saying all of this is 100% fact, but I'm just giving you guys what I've heard. Uh, there was even 
them apparently being in the locker room and kind of just loudly uh, complaining about it for a very long time. Uh, some of that's been turned down. Who knows exactly? They were unhappy. That's the whole point of it. She especially uh, voiced her opinion about having to do that. And uh, shortly after, she posted on Twitter um, just, you know, I don't, I, I'm not going to say – it, we could interpret what, it, what, what it's talking about, and now that it's getting further away from the post itself, it seems like it is about wrestling, but it could be a very vague statement about many things. Um, this is basically what it said. There is something about the way life happens today that makes it hard to look ahead. There are things that make it difficult to laugh, difficult to live the way you want. There are things that make it almost impossible to trust where you are, or to believe in where you want to be. You look around, and life is happening way too fast. Sometimes it feels like the moments are gone. Everything happens all at once and right away. We're marching towards a destiny we cannot understand, towards a kingdom of convenience. Then one day you look up, and you can't find the meaning. Your crisis of purpose and passion is acting up, but they tell you that that's supposed to be normal. Well, I don't want normal. I want magic. Because that's the place that feels like home to me. That's the place where I remember what dreams look like, where meaning is effortless and the purpose is simple. That's the place where love still matters. I want that feeling of coming home again. I want to feel like myself. I want that magic. Uh, She would continue to turn down um, kind of out of nowhere. Uh, She was supposed to go to the Wendy Williams show, and she basically – said that she was sick, it was personal reasons, and apparently they're not going to book her again uh, based upon that. And uh, obviously we did not see her on Raw. Bailey has been put to SmackDown. Um, they even made mention to her, her post and her unhappiness, and she obviously was not on SmackDown again. So I don't know exactly know what's going on with Sasha Banks. I know that she was on vacation with her husband um, for the duration of this time period. I don't know if they just told her to take some personal time, try to get her head straight or whatever, but it doesn't look like Sasha is in a happy place in her life. Now, who knows? This all could be a friggin' work, and then she comes back as a heel, attacks Becky, and that was all just leading up to it. That's what sucks about wrestling, because people kind of sometimes keep kayfabe, use it for them. But with Sasha, we do know, Chris, that... She has basically won everything, and then they made her immediately afterwards lose the title, and now the tag title's pretty much the first time she gets a chance to defend it. So I can see that there's a level of frustration. We know that her and Bailey's match was talked about by everyone in the wrestling community back when they had an NXT, and that she had a lot of success there as a heel. They kind of bungled her after the whole entire Charlotte uh, Flair feud, and she's been jumping around and bouncing around from place to place. Bailey doesn't seem like she's happy either. She she visually looked like it, both Raw and SmackDown. And SmackDown, for some reason, Montreal hated her the second night she was out. Either way, Chris, you're hearing all this stuff. You've been able to, you know, get all the information yourself. What do you think about all this with Sasha Banks? Is she going to be leaving the WWE in future? I mean, it, from from multiple accounts, it sounded like it sounds like she was definitely not happy with how they were going to be booked at WrestleMania and even to some extent headed in, headed into WrestleMania. Um, the skipping out on the Wendy Williams show, I think is just part of that. You know, they get booked for these shows by WWE um, a lot of times as a cross promotional thing. And uh, I, you know, 
she cut that very short. I know the people from Wendy Williams were not very happy about that, and they had some things that they had fired back at you know both WWE and Sasha. Um, I mean, with the way she's been booked, there's there's reason to be upset there. Once again, we don't know what's going on in someone's private life either, um, so I don't want to look too much into it just being solely wrestling, but you can definitely look at how she's been being booked and the fact that they've you know, gaslighted a feud between her and Bailey for so long and then dialed it back and then gaslighted it and dialed it back and even headed into this pay-per-view, you kind of had yeah, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a stir between her and Bailey. Not anything huge, but you can definitely see that there was um, the the way that it seemed like they were booking it is yeah, Sasha was hurt. Bailey put in a bunch of work, headed into elimination chamber, um, and then you know Sasha ended up winning the match there. And then they kind of played off that a little bit, but it, it's always the constant indecision of you built up a huge kind of a huge feud between those two, and then they just settled it with a counselor and never really did anything. And then you tell everyone you're going to focus very heavily on these women's titles, and you know you have this big moment that's just here. Here it is. Let's crown these two women who are regarded and usually held in, in high regard with the WWE fans, at, at least the diehard Didn't they want to go cross-brand and go against everyone, including NXT and SmackDown? Like, that was their whole goal. They showed up on NXT, and and then the titles were taken away from them. Do you think that – basically, uh, do you think um, – what I'm implying is, do you think that they knew that they weren't going to have a, a, a long title run or the accounts that they were just told, oh, you're going to drop these pretty much the weekend of that might be true? I mean, I think it's probably a weekend of thing, and it could even be something where it's the writers wanted to have a heel tag team to make it easier to write and build back up. I'm not sure if that's the case, but that's happened in the past in WWE. But yeah, I mean, I uh, originally, from all the news that we heard when they were talking about building these titles and having these tag team titles going in before that first match, that was the case. And that you know, it was a Sasha and Bailey wanted this; they wanted to be a part of the match, and they wanted to you know, hold the titles, do a cross-brand thing. Um, and then to lose them to, I guess, if I was, you know, Sasha, someone I, I feel like's way longer, lower on the card in the Iconics, who's kind of just a gimmick tag team, uh, I would feel some sort of way about it. Uh, you know, that's like if you did way better at your job than a lot of other people and you come up with an idea and uh, then they just immediately rip that job position away from you I could see you feeling a little pissed off. Bailey, on the other hand, she could be frustrated, but it also could be that they are trying to turn her heel um, with the way that she kind of acted in the ring with uh, Naomi, even after they won the match. But then again, it could be, it could be a shoot. That's hers is a little harder to read to me than how Sasha feels because Sasha went from main eventing to, like I said, being an afterthought. Like she had the one match with Ronda, and after you know, before that, and kind of after that, they haven't really done a whole lot with her. Um, but yeah, so it's a weird situation, and and you know, with AEW around the corner and Impact up and running, and New Japan being out there and Stardom and uh, AAA and MLW, there's just way more places to work than there used to be. So. I think we're seeing a lot of that outside of even this, and we're probably going to get into some more roster moves. But, uh, yeah, you can you can see that there's people frustrated with the way they've been handled in WWE, and 
I don't think that, uh, you know, if she did ask for her release, WWE seems like they gave her time to go home and think about it. They've done that with Stone Cold Steve Austin in the past and, and other wrestlers. Um, the one thing that she didn't do that some other wrestlers have done that we've seen recently is that she didn't just come out on social media and say, I've asked for my, you know, I've asked for my release. So if she did ask for a release, it was behind doors and it's not been presented fully in the news, but I think you can kind of draw the conclusion if WWE is just letting her leave, then um, it's probably a mental break to try to see, you know, what she wants to do going forward. Yeah, I, I would say that would make a lot of sense. Uh, it's too bad. We'll have to just wait and see exactly what's going on with Sasha and uh, hope that they don't underutilize uh, Bailey. I was actually really looking forward to – I hate their name, but I was looking forward to them being a solid tag team, and it seems like that was just ripped apart. And now it, maybe Bailey was pushed to a different brand just as a way of uh, you know slapping Sasha on the wrist if she plans on coming back. I don't know. I don't know how petty Vince is. Okay, I'm lying. I, I know how petty Vince is, at least from a, a lot of accounts from people. But either way, doesn't matter. Let's get to on some unfortunate injuries. Uh, one a little bit more minor than the other. Uh, we had Big E, uh, which was all announced on SmackDown. The reason why he wasn't there is that uh, he has a torn meniscus. Uh, so he'll be out for, I think they said, like three to six weeks. So not too long. And um, we'll get Big E back. Uh, there's even a good possibility that you know, before that, when he's healing up and working out, he still might be on the road and just coming out with a new day. So uh, that one's not so bad as uh, Nia Jax, unfortunately. She's going to be out uh, 9 to 12 months uh, due to double, double knee surgery for uh, yeah, fixing both her ACLs. So that's definitely a little bit different um, uh, in, in complexity uh, to the uh, torn meniscus. So very unfortunate. Um, hope both guys get healthy, or well, guy and gal, I, I should say. Um, and uh, hope to see Nia Jax back. And you know, absence makes the heart grow uh, fonder. So maybe when she shows up out of nowhere, it will be a big deal. Hope there's no problems with that. And happy to see Big E back with the new day in a couple of weeks. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, it, it definitely the Nia situation sucks. Obviously, uh, as people know who listen to this show, I'm not a huge fan of Nia Jax, but you never want someone to go down with such an injury. Uh, it does put the roster in, uh, in a little bit of a weird situation as they don't have a monster heel to fall back on. It seems like she was almost booked similar to Kane um, through this Ronda run and uh, through the through the tag team titles of how she was being booked on Raw, kind of just thrown where they needed her. Um, and now they don't really have that person. So it's going to take some creative booking there that might be actually good for, for Raw and SmackDown, depending on where she would have landed. But it sucks. You know, Cinder, well wishes. Hopefully the knee surgeries go well and she's able to come back in, in 12 months and they can reestablish her as an app, uh, you know, as a monster again. Uh, I think, you know, she was a little, her character was a little overshadowed by the fact that Rhonda was there and, and Rhonda was booked as a complete monster who was undefeated headed into WrestleMania. So it just kind of makes you look at Nia like a kind of, like I said, more like a Kane versus a Brock Lesnar type, uh, which I think, you know, hurt the overall, hurt the overall Nia Jax stock and, and gimmick of what she was trying to do. I always felt like they kind of should have been on separate brands. That way you could have kept some heat on Nia. Um, but obviously 
Well, the way that, the way that she was booked, that was kind of a bad situation with Biggie. Um, sucks to hear about his injury. It sounds like everything is going to be okay, and, and I'm sure he'll be back. I'm kind of interested to see what they're doing on SmackDown. If if the KO thing, which we'll talk about later, is a one-off, or if he's going to be doing this for a few weeks, and if that builds into some sort of storyline, because we did get Vince watching the monitor of uh, the New Day and. Kevin Owens' match towards the end before his last segment. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do with that. But, uh, yeah, just well wishes to both of them, and uh, hopefully everything goes well with their different surgeries and, and the things they have to go go through to get back. Yeah, it, it sucks, all, you know, anytime someone uh, injures themselves, especially for a long period of time, especially something that could be, you know, pretty – uh, negative within their career, uh, you know, with N- D- Nia Jack. So, well wishes from uh, Wrestling Geeks Alliance and me and Chris. Let's move on to the uh, next uh, item of news. Pretty big, hasn't been 100% confirmed, um, but I think that we should discuss the fact that AEW is in talks with Turner Broadcasting, that we could possibly see AEW show up on the station, TNT, that had the rival WCW um, promotion on it for such a long time and on TBS, which had that same promotion on it in the late eighties. Um, that that possibility is now seeming like it actually might happen. Apparently there are lots of different options uh, on the table from what Jim Ross says. And we got, um, uh, I'll find out all the names, uh, Chris, while you're talking, but we also found out that Jim Ross will be uh, working with Excalibur and another gentleman that's somewhat of a wrestling historian uh, playing the Mike Tanay, and they will be comment, comment, or commentating, sorry about that, for AEW. Um, what do you think about all this? And I'll look up that last guy's name because I always forget it. Sure. Uh, we kind of knew about it going in. It sounds like there was two large cable networks or TV providers that were looking into this. It sounds like the better – the better way to go is Turner. Um, from what I've heard about it, they're they're looking into what kind of streaming service they can do. Turner's played around with streaming services for, if I if I'm recalling right, they did Tur- uh, Tiger versus Phil Nicholson as a pay per view that had some kind of streaming issues um, in the past. But they're looking into figuring out a way to stream pay per views so it won't be necessarily tied to, hey, you got to pay fifty dollars through this. Uh, through your cable broadcaster. I think that that's, in a way, that's a way of the past. I know there are certain areas in the United States that still has a hard time getting broadband, um, different places in, uh, like, the Dakota areas and and obviously, you know, Alaska to some extent um, that WWE has a problem with. They still get, I think it was 20,000 to to 30,000 pay-per-view buys, even though the network is a thing just because it's not viable um, for some people to buy a pay-per-view just due to their internet speeds. So uh, when you look at that kind of thing and, and you realize how big streaming is, I think that's a big part of it. So when they talk about fleshing out the details and all of that, I think a lot of it is what time slot. Um, another big thing with Turner is that you do have a lot of basketball games. They're huge NBA partners uh, with TNT and uh, baseball with TBS has always kind of been a thing. So there are some sports things there that, that, you don't really have to deal with on the USA network. Um, and I, I would assume that some of that's around there and how you move the schedule around, but I think it, it's going to be interesting to see them on a primetime network, something that people can actually get when you look around that, you know, the landscape of wrestling with impact and ring of honor ring of honor is coming on 
uh, I can't even think of the channel of it. It's the channel that Mark Cuban is access. The same thing New Japan showed on. Um, and you look at like Impact, who's been on Pop TV and uh, Destination America, and a few other channels that are just kind of buried unless you have a top tier cable package. When you can look at this and go, okay, well, they're actually on a network that other people can see and you can get this out and actually promote it and have and it. And pretty much anyone who has normal cable can pick up. Um, I think that goes goes a long way. I uh, also heard that Jim Ross and Conrad Thompson's podcast will be spinning up soon. So I don't know if you heard that news. I knew that's something you were excited about, but they said that's that's in the works too. So that'll be coming down the pipeline. I'm extremely excited about it, and uh, apparently it's it's uh, Alex Marvez, which I don't know a lot about him. Him and Conrad actually hosted uh, both rallies so far, or so far that they've had, and um, he he plays a role of someone that knows a lot about the history of wrestling. So, he, like I said, I would compare him to Mike Tenay. I don't know how savvy he is on announcing, but he's working with I mean Jim Ross and Excalibur, probably one of the, if not the greatest announcer of all time and one of the best structured uh, modern announcers. So that's a pretty damn good team. They also have uh, Alicia uh, Atout and Justin Roberts uh, as their announcers there. Uh, so they'll be doing, I'm assuming, maybe backstage commentary, announcing the matches from the ring. Um, and I'm hoping that Conrad actually hasn't announced that he's going to be doing something. I'd like to see him there maybe just as pay-per-views as backstage commentary. I think that he could provide a lot of um, fun stuff that wouldn't be Basically, I just miss the days of Gino Okerlund and guys like that that were able to have like a conversation structure. Even Kevin Kelly and even Michael Cole back in the day, there just seems to be now a format where they're just a robot. So I don't really like that. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> mainly with this whole entire thing, if there is, if it does come on um, TNT and they really are coming back the first week that Fox has SmackDown on it on Tuesday. Don't you think that's kind of like a fuck you? And isn't it crazy that that might be on the station that hosts WCW all of those years back with the Monday Night Wars? Like, I'm not saying to that level, but it's kind of crazy if you think about it. It would be a little bit of a fuck you if if SmackDown wasn't immediately moving moving to Fridays. Because SmackDown's moving to Fridays when it moves to Fox. But yeah, I mean, just in general, the fact that it's on the same station, I think people, at least wrestling fans, are going to draw that conclusion. Um, but honestly, you know, it's there's not a ton of networks out there, I think, that would be looking for a big time wrestling promotion. So yeah, the limited you got you had a little bit of limited choice there. You know, it was either going to be Turner to some extent or. Um, something like NBC sports network or, or something like that. That's it's, it's interesting um, to say the least, but yeah, it's, it is kind of, it's going to be odd that Tuesday's new show is going to be whatever the AEW show is called in this uh, coming this fall. And then WWE is going to be on a completely yeah. different network um, at a different date back, I think back to Friday. So it's uh which there, there's weird news about that too, where they're actually doing, a two hour show with a three, it's actually three hours so that they can have a run over. And then the third hour is going to be kind of like a weekly recap sports type talk show, which I think is interesting. Oh, like talking smack? Yeah. <laughs> but an actual, I guess, panelist which type was show. Like, huh. 
<laughs> so um, I think it's I think it I think that comes from Vince uh, not liking that he can't have an overrun on USA. Like if you noticed, he, he we'll talk about it on SmackDown, but he really like rushed through the end segment of SmackDown. It seemed like, especially with what he was doing promo wise, um, because there is no overrun, so they got to get all their shit in before you know nines not, or ten o'clock or whatever. So I think that's part of why that's there. But yeah, it sounds like they're going to be doing some kind of like. Some kind of overrun of some sort. I did hear that as well, speaking of uh, TV stuff and, and wrestling companies. Well, speaking about overrunning, we're going to go to the next our, uh, news item. And it seems like there's writers that are running the fuck away from uh, Vince McMahon at a very, very fast uh, you know, pace, uh, overdoing it. Okay, that wasn't a really good uh, transition with overrun, but whatever, I tried. Anyways, um, I think that the most important probably to talk about is Road Dogg, uh, Brian James, who was the head writer on SmackDown, um, along with his partner that worked in Connecticut. I forgot what the gentleman's name is. Uh, they were basically the main guys writing it. Road Dogg got to the point where he was so frustrated by Vince changing uh, storylines that apparently Vince had all day and decided to change them last minute that night after approving them. Um, just made it very hard to work for work uh, with uh, having to go around when you organize something and then have to immediately change it on the fly. Um, and the other writer, uh, Robert Evans, uh, ex, I think his name is Eve Evans. He might be, uh, I, I believe, from Ring of Honor. Uh, he quit uh, right on the spot during the Hall of Fame when Vince went off on him about, you know. Uh, Basically, him and he was supposed to be in charge of Bret Hart, making sure he goes over speech and everything. Bret mentioned Vince's name a bunch of times. Vince doesn't want people to give him credit on it because he feels like since it's his show that he's the one who's in charge of it. It just looks like a lot. I don't know what the hell his deal is. Weird egotistical stuff, I guess. Um, and uh, got mad at this guy, cussed him out, said he was going to fire him, threatened him, and the guy basically said, fuck it, I quit. And uh, yeah, that's that's good. Uh, Road Dog is definitely kind of unsettling. Uh, I think SmackDown's been the better show with Raw. I'm sure there's been problems that Road Dog has been in charge of. I'm sure there's good things that he's been in charge of. Either way, I like the way he does things. Um, and that sucks that now he's stepping down to more of like a uh, uh, a handler role, basically. Uh, you know what what Art Anderson did, uh, an agent, a road agent. Um, and probably will have a lot of lot to do with the creative uh, process, but now he's just not in charge of it. Not that he was in charge of it really to begin with. Uh, we all know that, but sucks. Uh, Chris, what do you think about Road Dog Jesse James and Robert Evans? Road Dog stepping down from head writer for SmackDown, and Robert Evans saying, "You know what, Vince? Fuck you and your Bret Hart's," and then quitting. <laughs> um. It's a little weird with Road Dog because I, I think that the company had given him some chances to make some big decisions. He was part of the reason they turned Becky heel, and while that would exp- it did explode the internet and did the exact opposite, it did end up working in her favor in a way, not because of the decision to turn her heel, but just how things ended up playing out. Um, I'm a little surprised because I, I thought from the company standpoint, they seemed to really like him, but we have heard – a lot of uh, a lot of Vince showing up and rewriting shows recently, which he, he's tend to do throughout time. That's nothing new. Um, 
It sounds like Road Dog was just mentally stressed, uh, tired of writing and doing all of this legwork just to have it chopped out from underneath him or have it, have it removed based on the uh, all the accounts that we've heard. Um, a little weird. He's stepping back to be a road agent. I mean, maybe that's just what he wants to do. I, you know, he didn't full out leave, unlike uh, the guy at the Hall of Fame who basically was like, well, I quit. That's a really weird scenario to me. Um, sounds like he went over a speech with Bret Hart, right? And Bret Hart ended up dropping Vince's name and Vince freaks out on this poor guy in gorilla position, which this guy was like, probably my guess was he's like, I literally told him not to say your name. And he's like, well, he did anyways. And uh, that guy was like, fuck it. I leave. I'm leaving basically <laughs> from what I've heard. So that's a, a funny, weird situation. I don't, I don't know. I mean, all these guys are have been working in WWE for quite some time. You would think that there's places else that they can work at, and sometimes the headache's not worth fucking going into the job. Um, and hey, if you can move to a different position, if you really love the company and the people you work with, you know, Road Dog's move might not have been the worst move. I don't know how it affects his salary or what that works like in a corporate structure, but it sounds like you know he's okay with where he's at currently. He hasn't went out and bashed the company or anything. So yeah, it's, it's a little weird, but uh, Hey man, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in WWE with uh, not only their corporate office, but their talent <laughs> as of late. No kidding. Do you think that there was any time period where Vince didn't like something and uh, you know, road dog said, um, all right. Sorry, that was a horrible joke. Um, let's go to our next item, and that is Luke Harper requested his release and made a. Worlds Collide, uh, the pay per view that had the older, uh, or I should say past uh, NXT uh, people come hey, back uh, to fight some of the new Dean, guys. Uh, not to cut you off, but you you cut out when you started at Luke Harper, so you may want to run that back for the audience. Oh, okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, either way, basically, Luke Harper uh, asked, requested his release. Um, we also know that uh, basically it was very vague, kind of. It didn't really explain, but it looks like sanity is being ripped apart. Um, we don't know. We know everything's going to be raw. We definitely know what's going to happen of Killian Dane, Alexander Wolf, and uh, Nikki Cross. But it sounds from what every uh, from what I'm getting at, it, I believe Alexander Cross or Alexander Wolf is going to uh, back to NXT, and Killian Dane, Nikki Cross. I've heard conflicting reports. One of them that they were going to SmackDown, and one of them that they were going to NXT UK. And Eric Young is going to Raw, obviously. So, yeah. Um, but I think the main thing, because we saw a lot of stuff on Twitter, was what Luke Harper said about his release. And the statement was, as of this evening, I have requested a release from WWE. Uh, the past six years have been a simply amazing journey around the world and back with lifelong friends and family. I am proud of it all and proud to say I shared the ring with my coworkers. This decision, as difficult as it was, feels right for myself in WWE. My goal in the future is to continue to grow as a performer and person and continue to make my family proud. Thank you. From the top to the bottom, 
of the WWE. Thank you to the fans for your undefined or undying support. Thank you, everyone. And uh, yeah, I think the main thing that we should probably read is, you know, this could be a situation where he's got a family. Maybe he wants to retire, take some time with them uh, after making money. He's a little bit older, obviously, but the fact that it says my goal is to, for, or my goal in the future is to continue to grow as a performer. Um, I'm happy that he still wants to do that because I really, really like Luke Harper. He was extremely over on Worlds Collide. I remember when we saw him in a dark match before uh, SmackDown, and people were were just cheering specifically for him throughout the whole entire match. Um, it just sucks that this situation has happened um, because I think that they had a missed opportunity. I, I think the Bludgeon Brothers were terrible. Uh, not either guy's fault. It's just a, a really cheesy early 90s fucking gimmick that could be suitable on either WCW or WWF at the time because that, they were both doing cheesy shit like that. Uh, I don't think it worked. I think Luke Harper, single by himself, was really good. He's a damn good wrestler. Um, I'm really still a big fan of the ladder match he had with Dolph Ziggler, I believe, at SummerSlam uh, a few years back that I saw on the network. And I've seen a lot of good stuff with him in it. You know, when you like Mick Foley putting a lot of praise on you or you know, Edge saying that if they put the right creative, he could be the next Undertaker or, or Chris uh, Jericho saying a lot of great stuff about you, how he reminds a lot of people about Bruiser Brody. And obviously that was an influence. That's a good thing. And I think Luke Harper is going to have a lot of, uh, I'm not going to either, I'm not going to say exactly AEW. You know, I think he could do really well in impact. I think he could bring a lot to MLW. I think that he could do a lot in different places. Ring of honor. Obviously he has a, a home at, um, or at least has had some years there as a, I forgot what he was called. Is it Brody King? doesn't matter. Chris, what do you think about Luke Harper leaving WWE and what do you think he'll do next? Or if he I, gets released, I should say. It it sucks. At the same time, I could definitely see why he would want to leave. It's it's similar situation where I don't I don't think that he was booked in the way that he should have been. I thought they gave him a little bit of a singles push when Rowan was out. Rowan comes back, they immediately throw him into the Bludgeon Brothers gimmick. He gets hurt. He's out. They put him on the shelf. He's ready to come back. They don't do anything with him for three months. And then they just throw him in the men's battle royal at WrestleMania, kind of as an afterthought. No introduction, no big monkeer, no like, hey, we're gonna get these vignettes to build this guy back up. It's kind of like, hey, here he is, and then you know, next thing we know, we're getting this. So I think there's just frustration there. Me personally, as far as uh, you know, I've always, we've always, me and you both on this show have been very high of on Luke, Luke Harper, especially as a big guy. I think he's one of the best moving big guys that they have in uh, WWE. Um, and, I, and there was always something special about his look. And uh, I think, you know, they could have just given him a little bit more and he could have at least, you know, got up to the top mid card and had some good matches and been someone like, you know, as a heel, he's a way better fucking choice than like Baron Corbin is to fill that role. So even if you didn't want to push him to the moon, you could still have a more viable option for that top heel that you're going to put your baby faces against than than you than for for me Baron Corbin. Not that Baron Corbin's bad in the ring or anything. It's just he's not as fucking menacing as a pissed off Luke Harper would be. And you go you he could kind of play like a Kane role almost, where you know he could be transitional in a lot of ways. There was a lot of things I felt they could have done with him. Now, where I would personally want to see him go 
is New Japan because they don't have anyone on the roster that looks like Luke Harper. He's going to be way bigger than most of the other guys on the roster. He can work very stiff, and I think it would be really easy for him to get over in that situation. It would be really fun to see him have matches against fucking uh, evil, for instance. I think that would be some really cool shit, even if it's just for a run. But if you go back and think about people like Prince Albert, who went over there and had a great career, or um, uh, Luke, uh, Luke Gallows, who was a big guy over there that did really, really well. Big big guys tend to do well there, especially just because of the size difference, and they can have really good matches, especially if they can move in the ring. That would be where I would personally want to see him go. But like you said, any of these companies, I think that he could go there and make an immediate impact. And you know, given the right spot and the right storyline, I think he could be a big star for those companies. Just WWE never really knew what to do with him once the Wyatt family ended. And every time the Wyatt family ended, they ended up just slamming it back together and never really taking advantage of those guys' strengths uh, with Rowan and, and uh, Harper. Yep. and But I think that if he ends up anywhere, he will be the heavyweight champion of that that place very quickly upon him getting there. And I, I'm really looking forward to getting to see him flesh out his character himself and not have to have it completely diminished, if you will, by the, the whim of, of, of Vince McMahon, you know, and his writing and what he wants to do for them right now. And hopefully he doesn't sustain or, or he doesn't, uh, you know, get an injury uh, anytime in the future again. That's something that definitely hindered him. That was, you know, no one's fault really, but that's just how it goes. So uh, take some time off, get his head together, and then I, I hope to see him pop up somewhere, and I'll be really excited once that happens. Uh, the last bit of news is uh, not really something that – what were you going to say? Uh, one, one thing before we leave this that I hope WWE doesn't do, but they have done in the past, is because of his injury, they can hold up his release. Even if they grant him his release, it could be 90 days plus whatever his injury time was. I believe they also did that with Pac, uh, a.k.a. Neville, and uh, they did something similar with Austin Aries, so I hope that they just don't... I hope that they stop putting guys through that fucking rigmarole. But uh, that's just something to keep an eye out. Okay, it could be a little bit longer than we might expect for him to get signed outside of just the non-compete for 90 days or whatever. You know, the, and, and kind of to counter uh, that, uh, I wonder with him if he would have a problem getting paid by waiting, you know, compared to some of the guys in the past, like Pac, who wanted to immediately get back in there and was kind of screwed. I'm wondering if Luke Harper would just be like, oh, you know, if my contract's up, I think it's September or December or whatever. If they're not going to let me leave, I'll just make the money and fucking stay with my family, and then I'll find something. He seems like he could be like Dean Ambrose, where he's not going to immediately get back into wrestling, but in the future they plan on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And I, with Dean Ambrose, it's a little weirder, because I think they've his contract should actually have already ended at the beginning of this month. And it's, it's almost like that he's kind of <laughs> decided to do this thing with the shield this weekend as almost like a payoff. So Did I don't we, know if he works something out know, with Vince where. I was going to say, let's talk about that because I don't really have it in my notes. And that is something that's like, what the heck is that? Apparently Dean's coming out. He did this uh, last Monday after his last match, apparently. And we already had the last of the shield two pay-per-views ago. But now the Shield's getting together for like a basically kind of like an over-glorified house show. 
in which Finn Balor's going to get Andrade for the IC title. That's something that will kind of correlate into the uh, conversation for what's going on with Finn and the IC title later. But the main thing is it's the Shield together again. And Dean Ambrose, after Raw, came out and they did the same thing that they did Raw before that. So he's getting his... I, Basically, what do you think of all this? And do you think that this is maybe slowly WWE trying to get Dean to stay? I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's that or if they're just trying to make as much money off the Shield as they can and give the fans kind of a good while vibe they because they are while they can, and they're also splitting Roman and Seth to separate shows. And Roman and Seth have never been on separate shows. So I think it's a while you can thing. Let's get the shield out there for everybody. I think maybe they were worried that splitting Seth and, and Roman up would upset some fans, especially maybe younger fans of the shield. And this is a, you know, one last thing on the network as a goodbye. It's basically a house show. Like you said, shield's probably going to go over. Um, it, I think it's just fun all around. I do think that him doing these events, you know, they said his last match was last week on, on raw. They're like, this is the last time you <laughs> like they've rolled that out like multiple times. So I, I kind of wonder if by him working with them through this stuff and kind of being so cooperative, if it is to not have to worry about that injury um, deal with him, with him being released or, or asking to, to, you know, out of, I don't, did he actually ask for out of contract or is his contract just up? Cause I was, I thought his contract may have just been up. I don't remember. Which I think may, he asked which, to be which released. may be different. But either way, his con- if I remember right, his contract was supposed to be up like Mania was what two weeks ago. So it was supposed to be. It literally was supposed to be after that Monday Night Raw that was supposed to, where he had his last match or whatever. Um, so it's it's just interesting. I think it's a fun thing. Like I said, I think it's just a send off to the fans, especially knowing that they were going to move Roman. I felt like they felt pretty confident about moving Roman and AJ and switching them. Um, And a a big part of that is I don't think they're going to do another shakeup this year. I think kind of what we have is what we have, unless they do some John Cena free agency type stuff. And part of that is, Hey, we're going to give Roman to Fox in the fall. And that was one big thing that me and you've talked about in the past is like, you have to make move one of these top big raw names over to Fox for them to feel like that they're to me for them to feel like that they're not just getting hosed. No, I completely agree with you. Um, But yeah, I guess uh, let's get to that. But real quick, uh, I was going to say this beforehand. Uh, If anyone's wondering about Ronda Rousey, uh, she did make it official. She will be stopping um, wrestling for the time period to have kids and kind of like how I assumed uh, the situation of her being forced to take time off uh, while hurting her hand kind of put things in perspective. So there you go. Um, hope to see Rhonda back in the future. I thought she brought a lot. I thought she learned really quickly and I was happy for her to bring that big fight feel and uh, people that didn't think like that. It's okay. You're a cute little smart. Just remember that. Anyway, <laughs> Let's get let's get to the shake-up, man. Shake it up. That's what I was thinking this whole entire time. I've been singing the cars. This all night. Anyways, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list, Chris, uh, our SmackDown newest uh, uh, members, if you will, and then we'll discuss that, and then we'll do the Raw ones, obviously, right after that. All right, so SmackDown has Roman Reigns, the Intercontinental title as of right now, uh, 
with Finn Balor, the champion himself, Elias, Bailey, Ember Moon, Kerry Sane, Lars Sullivan, Buddy Murphy, Liv Morgan, so the Riot Squad is no more, Chad Gable, so Rudin Gable are no more, Apollo Crews, Mickey James, Otis and Tucker, Heavy Machinery. Um, wow, the women's division on SmackDown now is pretty impressive. It's going to be hard for the women's Raw um, to compete. And much like that, separately, if you go to Raw, their tag division seems to be in sh- no, no, their tag division seems to be amazing. While SmackDown seems to be a bit in shambles now after all that. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. But either way, Chris, how do you like some of these moves within this list itself? What sticks out to you? Um, I, I like the addition of Roman Reigns to SmackDown. I think getting him away from Seth Rollins is a good thing, especially with Seth being at the top of the card. Because in the back of your mind, you know that Roman is going to be getting a title shot at some point in the near future. And you really don't want to rehash the Seth stuff right off the bat. So for for that one, I'm kind of fine. I like Lars Sullivan being there. I think that's a good bully for Roman to have to go through. I think there's some fun matches you can have around uh, the mid-card with you know guys like Rusev. And uh, there's ways to build him up, I think, Lars Sullivan, to make him look like a monster. Um, it'll be interesting to see Roman Reigns go against someone like Daniel Bryan with Eric Rowan in, in, in the, in the, in the weight, so to speak. So he's got to take down both of those guys. There's, there's interesting things that they're going to do here. I'm really excited for Finn Balor being there. Um, the idea of him working against like Shinsuke Nakamura and kind of getting some of that new Japan flavor back and hopefully maybe reinvigorating Shinsuke some, uh, so that we yeah. can get good matches out of Shinsuke. I think it's fun. Um, Kerry Zane Daniel worries Bryan. me a little. Yeah, it, yes. Because Finn, Finn versus Daniel will be great too. Um, Kerry Zane scares me a little bit. I think that I, I like that she's being pulled up to Maine, but I also just know Vince, and I feel like he's going to look at what the Sky Pirates were and smash him and Oscar together, and that's going to be a tag team. Um, but it won't be the Sky Pirates. I've already seen rumors <laughs> out there floating around that that might be a thing. Um, which sucks for Asuka. She lost her title. I think that she's still pretty over oh, with fans. That 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 happened on SmackDown, yeah. Uh, Asuka and her are, are a tag team, and Paige is going to be their mouthpiece. Yeah, and I didn't know if – I couldn't really tell if it was one-off with the way they did it, but it seems like that's going to be a sticking point, which just sucks because I thought – yeah. You and they could have just at that point you should have just brought them up as a tag team as Sky Pirates. Um, not not that Asuka is going to be a bad tag partner or anything. I'm, don't, no, I don't think but we want more way. for Asuka. Yes, yeah, so I want more for Asuka, and I also like you know the concept of, like Io Shirai and Kerry have already been working together and basically doing tag matches, so it would have made more sense to just bring them up as a tag team. Um, and their styles kind of fit a little better than Asuka and Kerry, but. Whatever, that's the thing now. Um, Liv Morgan breaking up the Riot Squad. I think that sucks for those girls because they're supposedly really good friends from all you can tell on, like, the Twittersphere and Instagram. It seems like they kind of did everything together. So hopefully that didn't piss anyone off. Um, I think specifically uh, with that, I think they're going to push Ruby more solid by herself on Raw. I think that Sarah is going to go with uh, the her husband, 
when we'll get to the Viking experience, but she'll be a part of that is what I'm assuming because the WWE Network had their wedding and they had a Viking wedding. I'm sure Vince saw that, so now he wants all the Vikings together. Uh, anyways, and I, I, I guess Liv is, is the odd person out, and she's now on SmackDown trying to do her own thing. Uh, I, I like Chad Gable getting away from uh, Bobby Roode. I just think that Thank they should have brought that tag team up. Well, I think they should have brought that tag put, team up first. Do you think they're – yeah, because they just made them heal all of a sudden. Yeah, do you think that they're going to put Chad Gable and Apollo Crews in a tag team possibly? I could see them doing that. I – man, I'm really – yes, probably. Honestly, if you're asking me that question, the answer is probably yes. It's, I'm not asking um, if you want it because I don't really either, but I could see them. No. Them. I I mean, it just sucks because I think both those guys are really talented and have had good solo matches, and it would be cool just to see them work in the mid-card range. Um, but, you know, the, like you said, the tag division is a little weak right now. They're going to have the bar, they're going to have the New Day, and they're going to have heavy machinery. And then I guess maybe Breeze and Fandango when they come back and – is the cologne still there? I guess maybe Primo and Epico you could work in there. They're still and I the Hardys still and the Hardys are there. So it's it's not terrible. No, but if you think about it, isn't it weird though that yeah, think about those SmackDown literally has like you, you named a bunch of them, and then I guess Rusev and Nakamura are still a tag team. The Bar you already said, but pretty much other than that, they don't have a lot. And it seems like Raw is lacking a women's division pretty much besides, like, Lacey Evans and, I guess, Natalia. And they lost a lot of their heels in the process. Um, kind of nuts. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing is you could, the, Raw could be pulling up Shayna. Um, it's true. That's the, that's the other thing is Raw could be waiting to build up at the next – Ronda, which I would assume they're going to build Shayna that way. Um, I mean, Russell has Tamina. They, it's weird that they sent Ember Moon and Bailey both over with Sasha kind of being out of the mix. I would think that Sasha is going to end up on Raw just because they're going to need someone there. And uh, I mean, they still have Alexa Bliss. They can still do stuff with her. It seems like they're kind of trying to turn her baby face which is a bit weird, especially with the way that she was yeah. uh, almost attacking Sami Zayn in a segment I guess we'll talk about here in a bit. But, yeah, just uh, it's weird. Mickey James was even sent over, and she's kind of just – at this point in her career, they're kind of just using her as enhancement. I mean, Raw still has Dana Brooke. Maybe they are looking to give her a little bit more of a push. Um, and right now, the champ, the champion on both shows is Becky Lynch, so Becky Lynch is just going to be there. It could just be Becky Lynch is beating everybody's ass on Raw for a while. Um, but yeah, Did, uh, have we confirmed where I wonder Charlotte if that's her is on this? She's on SmackDown. Okay, so she's officially locked on SmackDown. So yeah, if Becky's destination ends up on Raw with Charlotte winning the women's title back to SmackDown. That's not the worst thing in the world, especially when you consider Shayna and EO are still down in NXT, and there's some things that they can move around there to help alleviate some of the women's roster stuff on Raw. I agree. All right, let's go over the Raw people. Uh, these people all jump to Raw now. I think the big trade-off for Roman Reigns was uh, the, the place that AJ Styles built is now not SmackDown. It is Monday Night Raw. So AJ Styles 
The Miz, who attacked Shane, and I guess for some reason they're going to continue that bullshit. Ricochet, Aleister Black, I wish they split those guys up. I hope they're not going to be in a tag team anymore. Please, God. Eric and Ivar, which we'll get into. If you didn't know who that is, that's the Viking experience. If you didn't know who that is, that's the War Raiders. Yep, that's the name of them if you miss Raw. I don't know either. We'll get to that. Um, so then Andrade with the Selena Vega. Uh, Rey Mysterio, so that's good that we can see that feud uh, extend itself a little bit later. And just both those guys are phenomenal in the ring, obviously, Rey. Uh, both Usos, so one of the best tag teams, uh, if not the best tag team in the world, Jimmy and Jay Uso. Um, Jay's wife, Naomi. Uh, EC3, which I will say that it sucks that they displayed him like that, but EC3 apparently uh, on main events and also on uh, dark matches and house shows um, – Rockstar Spud's been coming out with him as his manager and has taught like, and they used to work with each other in Impact. So I guess Vince is just not going to do that, and we're going to see EC3 get ripped in uh, half at some point. Lacey Evans with the woman's right, yay! And like I said, Eric Young away from all of his other Sanity members, and Cedric Alexander, uh, all to Monday Night Raw. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this? What sticks out to you? Uh, I'm really excited for AJ Styles because I think that he's immediately going up to the top of that card to go against Seth Rollins. I, I think that's the money match right there. So I, I outside of that, do you think he's going to turn heel? Yes, honestly, I think it's easier to turn AJ Styles heel um, just because he's he's loved by the fans. But it's with with AJ, it's more like the fans just respect the shit out of his work. And, and don't really care what he is as a character. Um, yeah. With Seth, the fans love like the fans right now love Seth. They're behind Seth. If he goes um, bad, they're gonna be pissed. Yeah, I I don't know that that would be a really good idea. So I feel like you know Miz is or you know AJ Styles being there is good. Um, Miz being on Raw, I, I kind of see as a non-starter because he's not he's only gonna be there for about four to five months because Maurice is pregnant again. That was announced like three or four months ago. So he'll be out on maternity or paternity leave not long after this move is made. Ricochet and Aleister Black, um, if they're going to leave them together, I guess it could at least build to a feud. So I'm not going to shit all over this yet. Um, I like Samoa Joe. I'm assuming that he's going to be on Raw. I guess we're going to get into that a little later. But my guess would be Samoa Joe ends up on Raw just because you will have a one title on one title. Either that or Finn Balor has to drop that IC title. Um, and then they end up on the same brand. But I don't think they're going to necessarily do that. Uh, Andrade, I love on Raw. I think there's a lot of cool stuff he could do. I'm glad that they brought Cedric up. Cedric's gained weight, um, they, which basically pushed him out of the 205 class. I don't know if they did that on purpose to just say that he didn't weigh 205 because I don't think it actually matters, but he looks like he's in the league of shape. You know what I was thinking, Chris? I, <laughs> What's that? And I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if they're going to do this, but I really think that if, if they wanted to make a devastatingly fast tag team, I know they're really good friends in real life. If you, if you put Ricochet and Cedric Alexander on a tag team, they would be fucking awesome. And they would be super baby face tag team. Uh, if you didn't have a lot for them to do single wise, basically. Yeah, I just I Ricochet's so astonishing in the ring. It it's one of those things that he's he would he's better off with a guy like Aleister Black who's more hard hitting. I don't know that him and like him and yeah. Cedric to me wouldn't work as well. 
um, unless you just want to see like, you know, a lot of spots, which I'm fine with too. That that could be fun, but I kind of want to see Cedric do his own thing. Like I would love to see him get a mid card run. I see Ricochet headed to the top of the card. I feel like they've been behind him. I hope so. In the NXT. He's had a pretty strong push. It's the same thing with Alistair. Hey, now it's just. That's another person. Like we all think on Dreda with Ray, with him being there, but Ray and, uh, you know, Ricochet have a very, very big pass with Prince Puma. They've worked together a bunch of times. They could put on some amazing matches, even though they're both babyface, or at least have some type of interaction in the future as well. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping that they do some stuff like that and mix in. Like, I want to see Andretti versus Aleister Black again <laughs> with Selena Vega there at ringside. So I'm hoping no that, shit. It, you know, Ricochet and Aleister Black, they go their separate ways and uh, – you know, they have their little feud, and then you get Andretti with the title, and you just you can book both those guys off Andretti. There's a lot of stuff that you can do around the middle card, the mid card of of uh, of Raw, especially with the uh, top of the card still being you know your Braun, your um, Seth Rollins, Lesnar at some point. I'm assuming he'll be back after the UFC stuff. You're going to have AJ Styles there, um, and. I don't, I don't know, man. The top of the card of Raw has shifted in a way that I like opens up a lot of opportunities for people, which I, I think is interesting, especially with Brock being gone, with Roman being gone. And um, I thought for sure they were going to end up pushing, pushing Lars, but Lars is on SmackDown. So that's it, it makes it a little more interesting. It's going to be fun to watch to see what they do from there. And obviously the Usos being there, I think that they're going, they're going to win the tag titles like right off the bat. Um, you'll probably get like the Viking experience winning it, and then the Usos finally being the people to conquer them. I think that's probably pretty much set in stone. I agree. Well, I think the last big uh, bit of uh, stuff I'd like to talk about specifically with you is someone we were both hoping would make it on Raw SmackDown. I know that he's finishing up his feud for the next pay-per-view. He has a rematch for the UK title with Walter, but I still don't. And by the way, if you don't have anything for Killing Dane to do, the UK stuff, that's a heck of a lot. And also Nikki Cross is there together in real life. Now that I'm thinking about it, Walter versus Killian Dane would be fucking awesome. Anyways, back to this. Um, Pete Dunne, we didn't see him on either uh, platform. Do you still think there's a chance that he could show up after he's done with this feud, probably losing to Walter at the next UK pay-per-view? I would think that's the case. I, I think they're at least going to give him his rematch before they ship him off and then give him his goodbye farewell moment to the UK crowd. So that would be my guess. Um, man, you know, the mid card is filled out so much on raw. It's almost like before going in, I wanted him on SmackDown and now I kind of want to see him on raw just because he has a lot of really good matches. I mean, there's good stuff on SmackDown he could do too. Um, what I don't want to see is him get booked into a feud with like Lars Sullivan <laughs> for like four weeks or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think he's going to end up coming up either that, or he's going to be moving on to feud for the NXT actual heavyweight title, which could be interesting in itself, but I would assume that he's coming yeah. up to Maine and, and probably raw. Um, the one person I didn't talk about Eric young, I have no fucking clue what they're going to do with him. I'm assuming that he's unfortunately going to fall into a role of almost not of Kurt Hawkins descent, but 
end up falling to be that guy like the Apollo Crews or the Kurt Hawkins or the R-Truth type guy that's just there when they need someone to get a win, um, which is unfortunate. I would I would love, and I don't, they're not going to do it because they're acknowledging it, but you know how sometimes Vince likes to put the opposite guys, if you will, on a thing together? And if you made a heel team out of him, Bobby Roode, EC3, and Bobby Lashley – basically the TNM, TNA boys, uh, they could do something like that. I, I just don't know why he doesn't bring back factions. It at least fleshes out people and gives them, you know, instead of just being random fucking dude in the locker room. But whatever. He's probably not going to do it. I feel bad for Eric Young. He's a phenomenal wrestler. Yeah, and I mean, what? In when you talk about factions, there's a reason why Sanity did, do, like, shit all when they came up to Maine. The only faction Vince likes is the New Day. <laughs> They're not really faction. He hates managers. It makes no sense. He fucking hates stuff that he did so well back in the day. I don't get it. Yeah, and, 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 and unfortunately for Eric Young, he's definitely not Vince McMahon's type of wrestler anyways. He doesn't really have the look. He doesn't really have the size. I think he, Eric Young's really good in the ring. I, I've always liked Eric Young, even going back to TNA, and I liked what Sanity was doing on NXT. Just unfortunately to me, he's like an odd man out on this roster, and he's going to be used to put over other guys more than likely. Yep. Or just not utilized at all. I mean, we could just not ever, I mean, we haven't seen him in like four months, so I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him. And then they just hold him out till his contract's up. Well, let's hope for something else. There is a, like you said, a good uh, mid card uh, thing going down now at Ross. So maybe he'll be put in the mix of all that. I know that He's worked with both of those guys, especially him and Aleister Black would have some fun stuff back and forth. So we'll have to wait and see, but you're probably right, unfortunately. Um, let's go and start this whole entire shake it up uh, with the raw results. Uh, the show opened with Shane and Stephanie McMahon celebrating the superstar shakeup and trolling the Montreal crowd until they announced that the first person was going to be... And then you hear the Miz's music. Shane gets all worried. The Miz attacks Shane from behind. The two brawled until Miz was able to chase off Shane with a steel chair. I have no idea, but there was blood coming out of the Miz's head from some type of thing. And maybe it's when he hit the, um, oh, man, I can't, the pole uh, that Shane threw him in. Maybe that was the thing that did it. Either way, blood always looks good. Color's always good on someone. You know, you got to get some color. Um, it just works very well. And if you want, if you want the Miz, I should say, to look badass, hey, it was an accident, but it actually looked pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't care about their feud though. I don't want it to keep on going. And it's it is hard for me to take Miz seriously as like this badass in your face baby face uh, that's aggressive and not chicken shit as as hell like he usually is. Um, either way, yeah, that was the intro. What did you think about it, Chris? Uh, I liked, you know, Miz getting a little bit of revenge on Shane with the chair shot and uh, the, the little brawl and him chasing off Shane. Did you like um, the color, brother? Bleeding. So, okay, so here's my thing. I'm hoping that this isn't something that WWE is going to do whenever they need to try to get a baby face over as a badass is just them randomly get color um, for no reason without, like, a huge ass whipping happening because – to me, this had shades of what happened to Becky Lynch when she got her nose broken and she got busted open, where it's like, hey, if we make this look like a weird accident, maybe it'll get Miz over as a badass face. And I, it could work with someone else, but I don't think the Miz is the guy, especially not in a feud with Shane. 
So I'm hoping that he didn't just gig himself for this spot. Um, I will say if he didn't, and, and that was just pure accident, this is the second time that Shane's busted him open in like three weeks because he also got split open at the pay-per-view on the side of his head. If you go back and watch Mania, the side of his head was split open, and uh, he had – you can tell the ref like throws the gloves on, and then you can see like the side of his head split open. So I don't know if I, – I don't know what's going on there, if they're just trying to go that angle or – or what, but I hope that's not the case. I'm assuming that it was just a random incident that happened. Um, but yeah, if they're going to, if he's going to bleed, like show it a lot and have him get his ass kicked, like switch the roles. To me, it, it doesn't make any sense. If you're trying to book Miz as someone that's turned his life around, he shouldn't be trying to blast Shane randomly with a chair. Um, it's, it's heelish and not where I would do if I was going to book this, but also I wouldn't fucking biz, book Miz versus Shane. So there's that as well. Um, and also I thought Stephanie McMahon was a baby face now. I guess she's just, I don't because know. she's a McMahon, they're all heels in Montreal. I guess that's what they were going for. It's cause screw they screwed up. Yeah. So, okay. Maybe I'll just write it off to that because like her and triple H before mania had dialed back being heels and we're kind of more neutral. So I'm going to assume it's just because that they were in Montreal. You see, Chris, it's not so much in Montreal. If, if we have a reason, you know, if, if dad basically asked us, you know, there's a charity, we have to be heroes, even though uh, it's not uh, the real thing with me, the game. All right. That, that voice, man, just destroys me. All right. Let's go to this first match. All right. This wasn't a bad tag match for a four on four tag match. It's fine. And, and you know, the, the guys that we've kind of been hinting at and we've been talking about, um, they, they did awesome in it. They, it was a good first impression. What sucked was we had, you know, the we had Alistair Black and Ricochet come out, and I'm like, God damn it, they're still on the tag team. I don't think that's ending anytime soon. And then the tag team champions, Ryder and Hawkins, and then we had the Revival, and we didn't know who was going to be. And then you hear the music like, all right, the War Raiders. Wait, aren't they the NXT champions? Well, Vince is Vince, and maybe they got rid of them in the tapings. Who knows? We'll find out in the future. Maybe there'll be a tournament. Maybe they'll go back, finish, come back. Who knows? Either way, Vince McMahon decided to pull them. And then Michael Cole calls them the fucking Viking experience. And I think everyone went, ah, (laughs) God damn it. Not only that, but now their names are not Hanson and Rowe. They are Ivar and Eric. So Vince basically saw a commercial for Vikings and just had a fucking epiphany and knew that Triple H, there has to be, I'm sorry, I don't care if he keeps on denying it, there has to be a part of Triple H that dies every time something like this fucking happens. Like, God damn it. I can understand. All right. They don't want to use the word war. Okay. I think that the fucking broad and all their faction was called Dogs of War. Whatever. If that's the case, cool. There is Valhalla, Ragnarok, fucking Vikings by itself. I don't know. There's many other better choices than something that sounds like long beard porn. What the fuck is a Viking experience? Can, can someone please explain to me what the hell is this is? I, I don't mind the names I can deal with. Okay, Hanson and Roe, I wasn't married to. Okay, they can change those. Ivar and Eric, okay, that's fine. But the fucking Viking experience. And I'm glad 
JR and Mick Foley are like, guys, come on, they're still the same tag team. Give them, you know, just give them some fucking time. And, and Mick saying, Mankind was a stupid name too, and I was Cactus Jack. The same shit happened to me. At least, basically stay with them, and I am, because I like the tag team. And they won, and they looked awesome like they always do. But I'm sorry if I can't fucking say that the Viking experience was fucking horrible for a name change. Probably the worst I can think of off the top of my motherfucking head. Chris, I digress. Well, I, I just don't understand if you're going to do this, just make them fucking brothers and give them a random last name and then just call them, like, the whatever brothers. Like, just some random Viking name brothers. The Viking experience is a terrible fucking name. It, I'm pretty sure it, it, the same person that came up with Boston Hug Connection came up with the Viking experience. Like, it's just fucking like a different sense. level of terrible. Which, okay, that's fine. But, I mean, like, you could have just called them Ivar and Eric. Hell, I mean, one of the tag, your tag team champions right now are just Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Like, I just, they don't have a name. <laughs> like, one of the other he, team he in this match was Alistair no. Black and Ricochet. <laughs> oh, my God. No, let's talk about that, okay? So, the Ricochet's <laughs> entrance, before he comes out, if you didn't know he was Ricochet, now there's a Ricochet of bullets right the fuck beforehand like he's a goddamn Looney Tune. And Alistair Black still has that stupid drawbridge sound coming up. Like, just stuff like that. I'm just like, why? And then that happens, and I'm like, I can get over that. And then the Viking fucking experience. They were the, they were the war. They were war machine. Then they were war raiders. Okay, what the hell? Viking war, Ragnarok. It's a fucking movie that's out. People, just like, I don't understand. Viking experience. That sounds great. I'm yeah, gonna go drink. I, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't. You know, it's like the, the. I I think that I'll get over the name. It, it was just so fucking jarring. <laughs> I literally did feel like the new day when they were like the Viking experience. I was like, who, who, like the fuck? It's uh, it's bad. Let's just. Let's let's just talk about the match. How did you feel about the actual match itself? The match was good. Everyone got their shit in. It was a good match. You know, the Viking experience, they fucking won, and they look dominant as hell. They do look like, you know, JR was painting them, the modern-day, like, Legion of Doom. And there's a good example. Okay, a little bit different, obviously. I think the severity is definitely way more on this one. But you had the Road Warriors that were known as the Road Warriors. It was based off of what their look was and the popularity of Mad Max. That's what they came from. And then they came to fucking WWE, and it's like, all right, we're going to name you, 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 you baby-faced team. We're going to name you after the villain group from fucking Super Friends. Like, I, sometimes it's like, this guy is fucking crazy. But either way... You're right, but it was a yeah, good match. At least, I shouldn't it, complain it, about it. it. At least the Legion, Legion of Doom is still a good name, though. Like it's badass. You know I mean? LOD is a badass <laughs> acronym too. Yeah, so like Viking experiences. There's no way to. There's no way for me to even turn that and be like, well, no, it's like because experience is like they put. It's like they put Viking. Like into a random name generator that just generates a name after it. Like you ever used one of those random band name generators and you just put in like one word that you oh want to God. be in the name? It's like they did that. Yep. <laughs> and it was like experience. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, I love yeah, it. The, <laughs> uh, 
I thought the match itself was good. I think it's not great for your tag champions to immediately be taking pins. Um, oh, they're I losing understand why they did it. Are there. Yeah, it's just making them look super weak. And it, to me, it makes the Revival look super weak because they lost to Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins multiple times. Um, and then they didn't get the win in this match either. But, I mean, whatever. I mean, they're going to get – the team that – pins the tag champions is usually the team that's going for the belt. So Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins days are, are numbered and we'll just chalk that up to uh, here's a feel good <laughs> moment for the crowd in New York. Uh, as far as them winning titles, it just sucks. Cause I feel like Zack Ryder is a part of a lot of those. His run as IC champ is one that you could take back on. That was very similar. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I think that Ivar and Eric, the Viking experience will end up being a fun tag team to watch. And, uh, Hey, I mean, worst case scenario, we know that Usos are there now and, uh, that's probably the feud you're going to get is Usos versus the Viking experience, which I'm totally fucking down with. That is so true. I, you know, it's probably going to be a, a future where we get the Usos versus the war. I mean, the Viking experience and, uh, yeah, uh, at least we'll we'll have those matches. That's something I can't uh, bitch about. But holy fuck, man! When they said that, my my I, I I was shaking my head. I was shaking my head like a fucking librarian that heard people screaming in the goddamn library. It was so stupid. All right, next then, let's go you, to. And then you got like six texts for me like immediately. <laughs> oh God! Not just you, Joel's like texting me like, "Are you fucking serious?" The vice Hoyt's texting me. Like the Viking experience, I thought these guys were the War Raiders. So, yeah, it's called Vince Hoyt. You'll you'll find out more about him. He's, he's crazy. That's how it goes. Anyways, uh, all right. So then we had um, Finn Balor come out to another signee, uh, Andrade, followed by Zelina Vega. Awesome match by the two of them. It was all over the place. And uh, I kind of understand, especially if it was true about the rumors of Samoa Joe being sick, and that's why he wasn't on Raw. Um, that Andre, uh, Andrade defeated the IC champion, Finn Balor. Now, like I said, they are having a match at the Shield thing. We'll find out exactly what's happening based on that. If Andrade gets the IC title, the rumors of uh, Samoa Joe being sick are probably bullshit. And the IC title comes back on Raw. Samoa Joe stays on SmackDown, which I'm fine with either or. It's fine. Um, I kind of would like a change because I want Samoa Joe around some of the bigger guys. as Mid-card now. But um, either way, good match. Uh, Zelina Vega basically interfered, which is what caused it, like she normally does. The Raw got a really big um, – I think they really liked Andrade because I don't think everyone, you know, exactly knows him. So, um, cool. He won with the Hammerlock DDT. Afterwards, Elias was interrupted right by Rey Mysterio, who beat him up and slipped uh, on the top rope during a springboard, which kind of sucked and was kind of uh, scary. And when it was all over, Lars Sullivan came up and beat the shit out of Rey Mysterio. So we got Andrade. We got Rey Mysterio. And what do you think about Andrade and Finn's match? And uh, do you think we'll see some future matches with him and Rey Mysterio, or will they wait for those to bring them out again? And what did you think about Lars Sullivan uh, coming out and trying to tackle a bunch of legends, I guess? I, don't, I guess it's his fucking thing. I don't know. Um, I actually really enjoyed the Andretti Finn Balor match. I thought it was the best thing on the show, easily. Um, and I love Zelina Vega as a manager. I think that the way that she's able to tell a story as being this asshole heel manager, which is something you don't get a lot in WWE, as we were talking about, 
um, earlier. I think that she just really nails that role. And it's also the fact that Andretti is believable at being able to win without her. Um, that where, where that dynamic really, really works. Like he's believable in being able to win because he's really putting in work. Like Finn never had the clear win on Andrade, in my opinion, in that match. But Selena made damn sure that he was never going to get the clear win on Andrade, which is like kind of a great dynamic between those two. And they worked that in a lot with uh, him when he was working against Aleister Black. So I'm looking forward to seeing those two. I think it's a good fit, uh, especially around the mid card and, and hopefully even further up on the card, because I think that he could be a really good heel for someone like Seth Rollins um, or AJ Styles. So I'm hoping that Andretti finally gets the push that, that I, I thought he kind of deserved when he got over to SmackDown, but I've also had no problems with him working with Ray. To me, it seems like they kind of just cooled the Ray thing down Um and with Samoa Joe coming back, you could be doing Ray versus Joe. It's really weird to have him get destroyed by Lars Sullivan, who is not going to be on Raw. Because um, originally I thought Lars Sullivan was going to be on Raw because he showed up on Raw during the shakeup. And he's kind of been showing up on both shows anyways. So I guess that's the storyline is that he wasn't officially signed by anyone. But it was just to me, it was he could have just destroyed anyone. They could have found anyone for him to destroy. Um, I don't know why he put put Ray there because they had two feuds with both Andrade and Samoa Joe that they could have used. He hates the Attitude Era. He's taking out Ray Mysterio, the Hardys, and Kurt Angle. He's going to bring out Stone Cold, Steve Austin, just beat the shit out of him next week. I mean, I guess the next thing for them to do is put him against the Legend Killer, right? Put him against Randy Orton, give him a feud on SmackDown. If if you're going that route. Like, if, you, if he's taking out Legends, if that's what he's doing, then it would make the most sense to probably take out the first Legend Killer and do some kind of cool storyline with that. But I have a feeling that Randy's going to say, fuck that, and probably not <laughs> want that to happen. <laughs> I kind of want to see Randy and Roman, but I'd be down for Randy and Lars, but I, I could also see Randy being like, Vince, I'm not going against that guy. It's not happening. No. I mean, not he happening. would go fuck against off. him, but it's only if he ends up winning at the end of that one. I don't, I don't know. Um, I could be wrong. Can I, I don't know. That, I mean, to me, to me, that's the storyline. It should be, you know, if you're you're building him up by having him kill legends, then the next person who is technically a 13-time champion now and older and is kind of not from this generation anymore would be the legend killer himself, Randy Orton. That would be the storyline that I, I would hope that oh, he would be trying to. And he got our truth too. <sighs> yeah. R-Truth considered a legend, though, at least in WWE stature. I mean, hey, he's probably going to destroy R-Truth. Hey, I love R-Truth. K-Quick showed up on. in, like, 99. K-Quick showed up in 99, <laughs> man. He's a legend. That, that, that is you know? true. <laughs> All right, but, let's, uh, let's move yeah, on. I mean, yeah. We have the Usos uh, make their, their debut, and they went against Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, which are no more, obviously. We already went over that. Uh, but... Bobby Roode did a heel turn, so maybe there's some good in this. I don't know. Maybe they'll go back on it all of a sudden. Either way, uh, they had a pretty decent match, but the, it was it was meant to shine the Usos up. Uh, after that, we had Alexa Bliss, who interviewed Sami Zayn. And my lord, I know it's his hometown, but it's pretty impressive to see someone get the whole entire crowd to cheer for him, control them in the palm of his hand after last week, he went off and said that he's such a heel and stuff like that. Even make little jokes about it, how he's controlling the audience and then make them hate him immediately afterwards. Sami Zayn 
awesome work. Um, but yeah, look like I love how they play the song three times, Chris. That was uh, that, that was good. I I think I, I think I'm gonna enjoy this heels uh, Sami Zayn persona. What did you think? Um, I like I like the Usos match. I think like you said, it was more just about it being let's shine the Usos up a little bit. They're the new toy on new tech team toy on on Raw. Make them look good. Um, the interview with Sami Zayn I thought was awesome. I really liked he was able to get the crowd fully behind him, even to the point where he is being sarcastic and they are still cheering him and then just, you know, turn it on with just a bunch of really, I mean, just basically 80s heel heat, just talking shit about the people in the crowd, Rick Rude style. And uh, it works. And it kind of just plays into his overall character about how fans are p- – overprivileged and they think they control wrestling and really, you know, the wrestlers control them and that kind of thing um, that he's been kind of preaching. So I hope they continue to play that up. I think I'm going to like this hill turn of him. I just like, as soon as he did turn against the crowd, they immediately started chanting for Kevin Owens, (laughs) which was kind of funny as well. Uh, Obviously both being from Montreal and having that built in feud there. And for a second there, the fans in Montreal really made me think Kevin Owens was going to show up and powerbomb the shit out of Sami Zayn. Um, what he did, and I was actually a little surprised. Yeah, and um, something I forgot to say. Uh, so when Rudy and Gable are coming out, uh, they put the wrong thing on the, uh, the, the Titantron and put the Usos' names. Do you think that person immediately got fired for doing that, for revealing that the Usos are coming out next? And also, uh, Chris... Are you kind of? Do you think it kind of sucks that we won't see Roman Reigns and the Usos in a faction together, or 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 at least interacting with each other, which is something I was hoping for? Uh, I, that does suck because I, I. Well, it sucks to some extent, but when the Usos were there with him before, that they basically had to turn heel and move to SmackDown to get their heat back. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yes and yeah, but no, were they I guess. Welcome I the, uh, the tribal ultimate warrior shit back then? Yeah, and it was over, and people liked them as a tag team, but as soon as they associated them with Roman Reigns, it, like, immediately killed it. And then it for, – I mean, it was kind of good for them because it forced them to kind of change their direction altogether and become the Usos that we know now, which they've expanded upon a lot, but that was the beginning of that um, – where they basically ran out to help protect Roman Reigns. And, uh, yeah, the crowd didn't much care for that. That was like three or four years ago, though, at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. But, that yeah, the bumper thing was really weird. I texted you about that. I was like, man, damn, good thing they ruined that surprise. Someone someone probably got fired. I don't know. Maybe Vince doesn't give the TV guys or the guys in the truck as hard of a time um, just because it's really hard to get – those kind of producers that are doing everything on live, live, live TV and shit. Can you imagine how hard that job is? I think there's a possibility (laughs) that several times in front of many people, Vince McMahon has choked Kevin Dunn out like fucking Homer does to, to Bart Simpson. I think there's a a possibility about that. (laughs) You're giving me a seizure, you idiot. (laughs) All right. Um, we had uh, we had Bailey come out. Like I said, she just does not look happy. I don't know if they're doing a heel turn like you kind of suggested they might be, but she was uh, put with Naomi, who's a new signee, going off with her, uh, like I said, her husband. And they defeated the women's tag team champions, Iconics, and then Bailey jumped to another brand. So it didn't really help and just made the Iconics look dumb. Uh, Naomi won with a split-legged moonsault, giving us, um, you know, just a 
all right match with the Iconics, I guess, and um, and uh, them leaving. I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of out of nowhere and just just weird. They're like, let's throw them together because Sasha. They made mention of Sasha being gone in her Twitter comments, which is weird since this is something that's supposed to be actually in reality. So it's weird they even commented on that. And then after that, we have Braun Strowman completely destroy EC3 and put him through uh, part of the stage, which is actually a bunch of tables with, like, a carpet over it, but whatever the fuck. Like, they usually do. Um, and that sucks for EC3. Like I said, he's been getting managed by Rockstar Spud and actually getting – or apparently coming off to the audience really well on house shows. And uh, this was his re-debut, um, planting him firmly on Raw by Braun Strowman's giant arms. Chris. What did you think about both those things? <laughs> um, the, the Naomi and Bailey match I thought made sense because the way they played it off in the ring is I thought Bailey was going to turn heel and that they were going to put her with Naomi and this be the tag team feud for right now until they could establish some more female tag teams with Nia being out and uh, Sasha kind of in the win, so to speak. I thought for sure they were just going to throw these two together as a tag team and then have them lose a couple times and have Naomi completely or Bailey completely turn on Naomi and then you have like a little feud. Um, but that's not what they did. <laughs> like you said, um, Bailey is now on SmackDown, so it does not matter. And it obviously has no effect on Naomi getting a win over the women's tag champions because now she has no partner. Um, the Sasha Banks thing was really weird. Uh, Corey Graves kind of buried her a little bit by saying she took her ball and went home after losing, basically I called her that. a sore loser, which, I mean, part of it is him playing a character, but at the other parts, like, I don't know if that's a good thing to do if there really is kind of any drama. So I could see where people would draw, like, maybe it's a work. I, I really don't think it is, but... Do you think that still bothers Steve Austin when people say that? Like, when he heard that, he was like, no, equip, don't even say that about Sasha, goddammit. She can take her damn ball and go home. What the hell are you, the rock? <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, <laughs> but what? I mean, whatever. It, it is what it is. It's already done and over with now. And all the cards are kind of in Sasha's hands. She doesn't have to ever come back if she doesn't want to, so to speak. So uh, that's one of those things. The Braun EC3 thing. I think this fucking sucks for EC3 because they just basically gave him a staring at a mirror gimmick, like he was Lex Luger in the early '90s, um, <laughs> playing his heel uh. character. So he's been doing that for like weeks. Yeah, the narcissist. And then they just have him get smashed immediately by Braun Strowman, which I'm assuming is not actually going to set up a feud just because I think Braun Strowman is going to be working up higher on the card than EC3. Could be completely wrong on that, but uh, either way, it's a bad a bad debut for EC3 as he's had many of bad debuts thus far since moving off of NXT. All right, let's get to the next part. We had the Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion Becky come out. Becky said what she normally says, you know, just she's the man, that type of stuff. Good shit. I can't remember anything specifically. I apologize. Should have wrote down notes. Either way, uh, she went against Ruby Riot and kind of quickly beat her by um, the disarmer. After the match, Natalia came out and challenged Lynch to the Raw Women's Championship. And then your favorite, Chris, Lacey Evans, interrupted and said that Natalia's next match would be against her, and the winner would challenge Becky Lynch. After that, Lacey Evans defeated Natalia with a women's right, followed by a moonsault. I will give credit where credit is due. This is probably the best in-ring I've seen from Lacey Evans. Now, she's working with Natalia. Uh, that that Marosault actually looked 
pretty damn cool, but she also looked like she destroyed uh, Nettie's ribcage when she came down on her. So that was a little bit... What I'm trying to say is, like, she looked decent in the ring. I'll give her that. She wasn't bad on the mic. Um, I'm still hoping this is just a one-off feud, and then she'll do stuff with other people. Uh, And, uh, yeah, Becky beat Ruby Riot really quick. I hope they uh, push Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot... Uh, b- between her and Lacey Evans, I'd way rather Ruby Riot getting a push. That's I'm not the one booking it. I know that Ruby Riot probably looks weird to Vince, but that's because, well, he's fucking old. Either way, Chris, what do you think about all this? I mean, right off the bat, I think that they actually started treating Becky Lynch like she is Stone Cold Steve Austin because she got everything in this match as a babyface. They they tried to screw finish her. She beat the shit out of him. She wins the match. They try to jump her. She beat the shit out of him. And then just held up two belts, like very Stone Cold Steve Austin. So if they – all those times when people were making a comparison of Stone Cold Steve Austin, they finally fucking booked her. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin, where she didn't get screwed over by the hills or lose or get beat down forever after the match. Um, so I actually like this match because I think it made Becky look pretty strong just because she beat the shit out of three people. It made the riot squad look weak, but they broke them up afterwards anyway. So it didn't really matter. And to me, I think that you should continue to build Becky like this, unless she's fighting someone who is going to be an actual challenge for her title. Um, yeah. The Lacey Evans, Natalia match. It was the best I've seen Lacey Evans in the ring. I still think that she's terrible and I don't get the gimmick at all. She's just doing the Emelina thing, but calling herself the sassy Southern Belle or whatever. Um, which to me is just a direct replication almost of what they did on Glow on Netflix. So I don't know. I don't get the entire thing, and they're definitely pushing her to be the next opponent for Becky, which I hate. But yeah, so that I wasn't a fan of. Let's completely simmer Becky after she wins both titles. We'll put her against Lacey Evans. Um, uh, what the fuck is? I'm not. I'm not talking about this on on the SmackDown one. I'm bringing it up now. We've seen the fucking buzzard. We now Bray Wyatt's been working on some shit for a while now. Um. And uh, we see this weird spooky doll and all these toys and shit like that. Um, I'm assuming that's supposed to be Sister Abigail. I don't know if he's changing completely. But what the fuck are these vignettes and what the hell is this and why would they make it look this cheap? It does look cheap, but at least it's creepy. I'll give him that. It, it looks weird. It it If he's... At first, when they showed the doll, I was like, is he coming back as Sister Abigail? Because that was rumored before, and that was supposed to be something that he was going to do. So I'm curious if they're still going to go that route. Um, but, I mean, it, I mean, you know, he's got a spooky bird puppet. Now he's got a spooky doll puppet, and maybe he'll put him in the ring and throw some roaches out through lights and scare the shit out of Randy Orton again, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not ready to shit on it yet because I haven't seen what his character is actually going to be. And WWE doesn't do a great job with these kind of vignettes. They haven't since like Taker, if you really think about it, like they just, they see like the PG 13 idea of like Annabelle and they roll with it and you get the WWE version. If you want the prime (laughs) example, look at like fucking, uh, look at, you know, the Hardy compound videos. 
the the hardy compound stuff that they did in impact which had way lower budget and then you look at like the new day versus the wyatts and at the wyatt compound or whatever they did and it was just fucking laugh worthy um so <laughs> yeah i don't I don't know. I mean, there's so many independent horror film directors they could have just brought in to do this probably on a very low budget, and it would have looked a lot better. But I, I guess maybe they don't want to scare the, the kids. Uh, that's the other thing. So it is, in some ways, just supposed to be a little creepy. Goosebumps creepy, I think. Well, it didn't give me goosebumps. <laughs> well, yeah, like the TV show. So we had or Eerie Indiana. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got it. I, I, I got I got it, but it was terrible. Um, so we we had the uh, the the heel trio uh, of Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, and Bobby Lashley, all in which, even though like I said earlier, SmackDown could use some heels, uh, they all stayed on the same thing. Thought they were going to break them up a little bit, whatever. And then we had Shield members Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins come out with the biggest signee probably for Raw, I would assume, AJ Styles, who for some reason shaved his face. Not a good idea. But either way, uh, pretty good match. Styles won with a phenomenal forearm on Lashley after a stomp to Lashley from Rollins and a spear to Lashley from Reigns. Pretty good sequence. Um, I think that all of us are thinking, hey, a lot of potential. Let's get Seth Rollins and AJ Styles some fucking day soon because, yeah. Anyways, Chris, what did you think about this match? And are you excited to have Mr. AJ Styles fucking from Gainesville on Monday Night Raw? I'm always happy to see AJ Styles from Gainesville, my hometown. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I'm assuming it's, it's going to be Seth versus Drew, and AJ is going to be fighting one of these other two heels, either Baron Corbin or Lashley. Um, I don't even know who the hell I would prefer out of that, to be honest. But then that's going to end up leading to AJ Styles and Seth Rollins somehow. By proxy, so that that's my guess of where those things are going currently, um, at least in the short term. Either way, I'm excited for some of these changes. I definitely am. Uh, let's keep on continuing the saga of the shake it up um, on SmackDown. We had it start off with Kevin Owens, um, who opened SmackDown with the Kevin Owens Show. He had his guest Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Uh, basically, through talk, um, Kevin asked if he could take Big E's place. Uh, and at first, he was going to call himself Big K, but then he realized that Big O was a lot funnier. Uh, Teehee, uh, just a lot of good back and forth. I was laughing for a good portion of this. And they gave him, like, a small tank top to put on, and Kevin Owens did put it on. Um, and he was going to join them uh, just to give them some backup against their match with Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. We would find out that they would get Cesaro's help. I'm not sure if – I hope they're not breaking them up because they don't have a lot of tag teams, but Cesaro, or, uh, Sheamus was not on SmackDown, so I'm assuming maybe he's just – you know, we know that Sheamus is – he's even admitted recently because of his back he's getting towards the end, so maybe they just gave him some time off uh, to heal up or whatnot. Uh, either way – we we're going to have a three-on-three, and we had an honorary new member of the New Day. Later on, Kevin Owens would have to be, eat a bunch of uh, pancakes. Apparently, he's never eaten them, um, and eat them dry and beat uh, Big E's record to be able to be initiated. That would be a horrible idea if someone has to go wrestle afterwards, but whatever. 
either way, Chris, uh, what did you think about this opening, and when do you think Kevin Owens is going to drop all this shit and start beating the fuck out of Kofi and turn heel as shit? Because I see that coming very, very soon, personally. I honestly don't know. I mean, I almost want McGee to come back as a heel and be pissed off that they just let Kevin Owens take his spot and started calling him Big O like it was no big deal that Big E's out hurt. I think that's a better storyline than Kevin Owens turning heel. I kind of wanted to see Kevin Owens have a face run. Um, But also, I don't know that this isn't just a one-off thing. Uh, Either way, it was entertaining. I think the, the crowd in Montreal really dug it. They seemed like they were super into Kevin Owens all night. Um, Kevin Owens wouldn't have had pancakes. He's from Montreal, so if anything, it would be a crip. You know, tiny pancakes. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it was Shut just entertaining. <laughs> it was entertaining, and I, I enjoyed it. But um, I, I don't know. It could be. It could be. It could definitely be them turning Kevin Owens heel. It, they and, and they wouldn't want to do that in Montreal, even if they were going to go that route. So that could be where they're going with it, and it would make sense. And it, the only thing is, after Kofi, who do you put up against Kevin Owens? Because I think the next biggest, without AJ being there, your next biggest face would probably be, I guess, Ali. Or Balor, and Balor currently has the title. That's a, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I don't know. I could just see it really happening. I was getting that vibe like, this is not going to – this is all fucking uh, 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 Sharab. But it, since I'm probably going to forget later on, what did you think about Rusev taking the Stone Cold Stunner and doing it like he was taking a snapmare takedown? Did you see that? <laughs> I actually Terrible. liked it because I had never I had never seen anyone take it that way. And it kind of made me laugh. And at first I was like, did he just fuck up or did he do it on purpose? But I'm assuming he did it on purpose. So I uh I actually I enjoyed it. Oh god. All right. Uh next match was another great match with Finn Balor. He defeated uh Ali. I'm gonna fuck this. I'm gonna keep on saying him stop Ali. It just it flows better. He be- defeated Mustafa Ali. Balor defeated Ali by a pinfall after landing to Coupe de Cross. After the match, um, Balor shook Ali's hand. Uh, pretty good stuff. The IC title is definitely – well, the IC title for now possibly is on SmackDown, but Finn Balor is definitely now on SmackDown. You saw Shinsuke. You said Shinsuke. I said Daniel Bryan. There's plenty of people for him to interact with, including that title, if he drops the title that he already has. Um, but what'd you think about this match with Ali? I thought it was another really good, uh, Finn Balor match and it was good to see Ali back and having an actual match that to me meant something because he was going against the champ, the champ. Um, and it also gave Balor some of his heat back cause he did take a loss the night before. Uh, this match had like a really weird commercial break right in the middle. And that's why I hate that they do it after a dive every time. It seems like any time they do a dive, that's time for the commercial break. And in this match, it, it kind of hurt the match in the middle. But outside of that, I thought it was a pretty decent match. And I am excited to see what yep. they do with Ali. And I hope they don't forget about the fact that they were going to give him a push. Because <laughs> he's really damn good in the ring. And I find him very entertaining. Me too. I think Ali will definitely uh, 
he'll be doing some cool stuff. I think Ali with the IC title would be really cool. Um, I think that having it on here, if that ends up being the, the, the case, some of the people they have on here to, you know, trade it off of, I think they would really bring that belt up a notch and it hasn't been probably, I don't know, since, since the Miz had it. Like I hate to say that with Seth Rollins having it and, and, and Dolph having it recently, but it just really hasn't well, I mean, meant a lot. The well, the the thing about the Miz is at least he held it for a while, which brought prestige to it. And I think that you know most of the matches he had were decent; they weren't just flopping the title back and forth. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so we had a lot of stuff to happen with the ladies. Uh, well, we'll just go over the first part. Uh, Carmella came out. Her and our truth had did their thing. When Charlotte came out uh, to renew a rivalry with Carmella. Um, Pretty decent match, back and forth. I think Carmella is getting better in the ring. I've said that a lot about her. Um, but the ex-champion lost to the figure eight after the match. Lars Sullivan came down and beat the crap out of our truth like I said, trying to destroy every person from the Attitude Era. Chris, <laughs> what do you think about this match? Charlotte is looking – I'm glad they're keeping her strong, and I'm glad that she is still extremely heel. And, you know, when they were kind of, like, cheering her, she was, like, going off and saying rude things about the Canadian crowd. Good stuff. Yeah. Like, the crowd didn't really want to boo her, but she was able to turn them against her, which, I mean, Charlotte's fucking great. Um, I'm kind of glad we're past the Charlotte-Becky Lynch mania debacle with the three-way, because now we can just go back to appreciating both of them, because they're both fucking great. Um, Charlotte, I tend to like a little better, but it's personal preference. I thought this match was really good, and... uh, like 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 you said, and, and like I just counted on, I think Charlotte did a good job of getting the crowd to stop cheering her and get, getting the heat in this match. Um, obviously, Charlotte needed this win coming out of WrestleMania, and uh, it made sense here. And right now there's no title, so it's probably just going to be Charlotte getting a bunch of wins until she's able to get another match against Becky. Would be my kind of guess of how she's going to be booked. Um and then R-Truth getting demolished by Lars Sullivan. R-Truth kind of just plays this character as of late. So I, you know, I don't have any problem with it. And like you said, R-Truth is a veteran, so it does play into kind of what R- Lars Sullivan's been doing. We'll see where they where they build that to. I wonder if they build it towards Daniel Bryan at this point, or if they build it to towards Randy Orton. Those would be the two I could think of offhand. Here's- Here's a question. I know this is kind of far thinking about, but now that we definitely have Lars on SmackDown, which is where I said they should have him because I think there's too many big guys on Raw, do you think they're going to try to build, I'm assuming, to Survivor Series, either having them on opposite teams or having a Lars Sullivan versus Braun Strowman match? Even though it'll probably be terrible, I feel like that that's something that Vince would like get off on. I mean, I think the I think the fans will like that too. I mean, it's like when you had Big Show versus Braun. If you if you do a big man match, even if it's not the best in ring, if it's a spectacle that you do once a year or twice a year, just like the ring collapsing gimmick, fans get really behind it, and it can be a lot of fun. And we haven't had one of those since Braun versus the Big Show, in, in my opinion. And yeah, I definitely think that they're building towards that. And. uh I mean, I'm assuming that at some point they're going to build towards Lars versus Roman also. So we'll see. Hopefully they build Lars up strong enough that he can get a win on Roman and they can go back and forth for a little bit. It's just kind of a weird situation with Roman being there because it, it, like, the immediate comparison is going to be the Braun build. 
um, minus yeah. the, you know, he's killing legends. Yep. Um, uh, next thing, uh, Becky cut a promo about being able to switch between brands as a double champion. Uh, she was interrupted shortly after that by Ember Moon, who got a good reception from the crowd, hit the ring, and she's here to make a name for herself, and she wants an option at that title. After that, Bailey came out, and even though they didn't have a problem with her the night before, man, they fucking hated Bailey. She comes out. She tries to say that she made the jump from Raw to SmackDown. Uh, she, she talked up that she was in the first uh, women's tag team, that she's been a past champion, this, basically saying that Becky should worry about her. They haven't seen each other in a long time. And then the Iconics interrupted, um, telling Bailey, you know, ha-ha, we took your title, blah, 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 and we got two titles, just like, just like uh, Becky, even though I don't think they understand math. Paige then came out to the entrance ramp uh, to introduce her duo, uh, which brought out Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, thinking that they were going to reform Absolution. Thought that was a pretty good bait and switch. And then we had what I think a lot of people expected to be Carrie Zane and Io Shirai as the Sky Pirates. I guess from all this, either Vince doesn't know who Io is or Triple H wants her there longer. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, that It could be either way. But instead of the Sky Pirates, now Asuka and Gary Sane are in a match together. I mean, I mean, a team together, I should say. Um, I mean, if they're not going to use Asuka in the main title picture, I guess, uh, and they look good together doing their stuff, both of them are phenomenal. They're two of the best female, um, you know, t- female wrestlers or just wrestlers in general on the planet, especially out of Japan. Uh, maybe uh, someone suggested that maybe after EO's done with their course in NXT, they become a, a trio. If that happens, I hope that they push Asuka back towards the main title so they can all kind of, like, work together or something happens, maybe an outing at that point. Uh, But, like I said, I'm not too thrilled about her not being in the singles division, her losing the title the way she did after she beat Becky. Uh, But if they they do stuff with her, if they get the titles off the Iconics and then you have – Kari Sane and Asuka going from brand to brand to brand and actually having good matches, which is what they promised to Bailey and Sasha, that will be pretty cool. What do you think, Chris? I'm, we can't, I, I mean, I briefly talked about it earlier. I would have been more hyped if it was the Sky Pirates. Feel a little bad for Asuka. Also, it does say good things about Io because I think that she'll probably be the person to, I would assume she's going to beat Shayna before Shayna goes up to the main roster. That would be my guess, right? At this point. Yeah. So that, I mean, yep. from that standpoint, it makes sense. Um, it's a little weird the way this was all booked. I feel like Bailey getting booed is just happenstance of when she, as far as how she got booed, was just more that people were super stoked to see Becky Lynch and Ember Moon in the ring together. And then it's like, let's drop like Bailey out. And that's why she got booed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know that it was, Yeah. it says anything about Bailey as much as it was just like, holy shit, it's Ember Moon and Becky Lynch and they're about to go at it. And then like, no, let's roll out all of these tag teams and all of these wrestlers. And then let's send Teddy Long out so that he can make sure that we know that there's going to be a tag match player. Like, player, player. <laughs> which is, I mean, basically, as soon as like 
the the next set of people came out and I was like, okay, this is going to be some sort of fucking eight man match or something, which is what we got. But uh, the segment itself, I thought was fine. And like Becky two belts looking strong in her promos and the fans are really, really behind her. Um, And then Ember moon, I think if they pushed her properly, she could be a huge deal. I guess my thing here is Becky came out and then Charlotte, to me, Charlotte should have been the first person that came out here. I understand why they didn't do that, but Charlotte just lost to her. And Becky Lynch is out here talking shit, and it doesn't seem like a very Charlotte Flair thing not to do to at least get involved um, in any of this yeah. stuff that occurred Especially afterwards. She didn't even beat her. Yes. She do you get what I'm saying? Up. Because like she's not yeah. in this segment at all, and then she also doesn't interfere in this tag match which I'm fine with her not interfering in the match just because that's like WWE's typical thing. But, uh, yeah, it's a little, little weird. Just for Charlotte's character anyways. Well, how about, how about the fact that, you know, you're also a big fan of Asuka. Do you have a problem with her being in a tag team with, uh, with Kairi Sane? I don't have a problem with it I mean, I would rather her have a singles run because I think that it would make sense for her to go after the title since she lost it and didn't really get a rematch. Um, but, you know, I don't have any problem with that tag team. I think they'll be really good. They're going to be probably the best tag team in that division, especially if Bailey oh, yeah. and Sasha aren't going to be a tag team. So, like, yeah, no, I don't really have a problem with it. I, I think it makes sense. They need a strong tag team to book around. They don't know what Sasha's doing. They've split brands now, so Bailey and Sasha aren't going to get it back together, uh, even if they wanted to. So at least now they have a heel tag team and a, and a face tag team that they can at least build a match around. Um, otherwise, those titles are just going to die, and, and that was my entire worry to begin with, especially when they did these multi-tag team matches back-to-back and, and didn't really yep. build anyone. It just looked like they just threw random people together for the most part. Um, so I, I don't have a problem with it. I just... If it was me, I would have probably went the Sky Pirates route just because they work together, and I think their styles fit a little better. Well, either way, I think that we're definitely going to have uh, Asuka and, uh, and Zane uh, picking up those titles because they had a match. It was Bailey, Ember Moon, Asuka, and Kerry Zane going against the Iconic Snap Solution, and uh, Asuka took down, um, I believe it was uh, Peyton Royce, and then Zane did the insane elbow uh, for the pin. Uh, after that, we had Kevin Owens, Xavier Woods, and Kofi Kingston defeating Cesaro, Shinsuke, and Rusev. Kingston hit the Trouble in Paradise. Then Owens hit a snap, snap, Snapmare Stunner on Rusev uh, for the pinfall. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before this, we had Kevin Owens uh, doing the Big E in the back, which I think if you were there live, that must have been a lot of fun because they're like, no, 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 don't, don't do it like this, you know, just giving him shit and trying to really get him into it. Pretty funny. Like I said, I think Kevin Owens is going to take uh, Kofi's head off uh, probably in a week. Anyways, Chris, what do you think <laughs> about this match? I, the segment in the back really made me laugh, by the way, because they showed they like cut to Rusev, and I think it was um, the Swiss Superman himself like trying their damnedest not to laugh at like Kevin Owens doing this while they were supposed to look pissed off, but you could tell they were just both holding in laughter, which I thought was great. Um so I enjoyed that. Uh, the match itself, I thought was was fine for what it was. I mean, it it was just there to build something. One, uh, the only thing I would say is it would have made more sense for Kofi Kingston to get the pin here. 
um, being he's the champion. I thought that they probably could have done a little more with his character, but Kevin Owens getting the stunner, not a huge deal. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this and whether or not it was just a one-off, here's a fun thing for the crowd, or if they're going to try to build a feud. My guess is Vince is going to start booking these guys against each other based on the segment he kind of had where he was watching them after this match before he came out and uh, did the, the segment we're about to talk about. So I'm sure a lot of people who just didn't see us coming a mile away, I can get, all right, so it's biggest. So I, I'm, a lot of people thought Braun. Some fucking people thought that this, uh, the biggest acquisition in SmackDown history was going to be like Rob Gronkowski or, or, or Conor McGregor. Yeah. It's like you set yourself up to get pissed off about the results. I'm sorry. Give me a fucking <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, that, that's, so that, that, we man, would know about that way ahead of time. Like anything like that. Just for fans, anyone listening, if there's a fucking contract signing like that, we're going to know about it like when Ronda got signed. Like that shit's going to be like six or seven months in advance. Exactly. And I don't know. Just don't expect like stuff to that level. Like maybe Stone Cold's coming back. Probably not. Anyways, Vince McMahon announced uh, the biggest acquisition in SmackDown history, and it was Elias. And they got me, because I complained immediately about it, probably to Chris. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, Elias? Uh, as Elias started to play his guitar, Roman Reigns came down to the ring as the latest switchover from Raw. Reigns dropped Elias with a Superman punch, then laid out uh, Vince McMahon with a Superman punch of his own. Uh, Reigns got the mic and said, SmackDown Live is his yard now, before walking up the ramp. Reigns came uh, back down to the ring and speared the shit out of Elias before walking backstage. Um, I think this is effective, Chris. The bait and switch helped. I, I know why they did that, obviously, so that when they announced Roman, or if Vince were to have announced that Roman was the biggest acquisition, they would have booed him. Um, I think there was some boos, though, still, because people suck. Uh, I'm not going to even get into my complaints about that. If you don't like Roman Reigns, it's... You know, whatever. You know, do your thing, I guess. Um, I think he's fine. Uh, but either way, I think it was good him punching Vince. I wonder if Vince was like, "You, you better punch me, punch me right in the face." Um, but yeah, that was great. What do you think about it? Um, immediately, I right when they were doing this segment where Elias was coming out to the ring, I texted you and said, "I think it's either going to be Braun or Roman is going to interrupt this thing." Which we got Roman which I think makes sense. You're splitting him up for Seth, like I talked about earlier. The segment itself was fine. I will say this. I'm, I'm tired of Elias. I know a lot of other people are still into this, him coming out and making fun of the crowd thing, but it just ends the same way with him getting his ass kicked each week um, over and over and yeah. over again by whatever baby face they want to build a feud with. And then he never gets any wins and he still gets his ass kicked. So, like, honestly, I'm kind of just fucking over it. So unless they're going to start giving this guy some wins or change up his gimmick a little bit, like I'd, I'd fucking could do without the 15 minutes he takes up on TV time each week, especially on SmackDown, which is only a two-hour show. I'm going to need him to wrap this shit up quick so I can get some matches between like Ali and, I don't know, Chad Gable instead. No kidding. Well, that's it, guys. That's the big split up between Raw and SmackDown. Uh, we got a lot of big names on one side. We got a lot of big names on the other. We're going to find out in the next coming weeks what this does to the storylines, obviously. And it will be cool to see what happens. We got Money in the Bank happening soon. Uh, going to get back on some of the other 
uh, wrestling trains outside of WWE for next week. I hope you guys enjoyed everything. Um, and that's the bottom line. That's my best impression yet. But either way, guys, that was episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, we are on, like I said beforehand at the beginning, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. EST. It's me and, of course, this amazing man next to me, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. What I mean by next to me is in um, space and time and shit since we're on the phone. But either way, Chris, thank you for coming on tonight like you always do. Say goodbye to the beautiful people. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Dane, as always, wonderful show. Enjoyed uh, enjoyed being here. If you guys are looking for something to do at 9 o'clock, uh, check out Dark Side of the Ring on Viceland. It's, uh, it's been pretty good so far. I like the first episode and uh, what the one that they did about Brody. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter if you want to talk at Chris R. Patton. And uh, everybody have a great week, man. And love wrestling and enjoy it. And you can't find me on Twitter because I would rather never fucking be on there. But you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at Dane Alves. Also go to GVNation.com. That's GV as in GeekVibesNation.com. GVNation.com. There you can find news for wrestling, topics, movies, video games, sports, everything that you can think of, as well as links to Geek Vibes, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and also links to our, you know, our, our wonderful podcast, whether it be our video ones on YouTube or off Blog Talk Radio like you're listening to now and our iTunes and Stitcher format. Thank you guys so much once again, and have a wonderful evening. Let the Geek Vibes be with you. Hola. It's the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, FKA, John Morrison, sometimes known as Johnny Gimmick's name, and you're listening to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Goodbye.